Before we get back to today's show, here's a quick word from HubSpot. Finding a service solution that helps you better connect with customers and keep them happy can feel impossible. Like try to remember the name of that guy you just met at a networking event. Was it Ron? Could it be Don or John or Sean? Yeah, that kind of impossible. HubSpot's new service hub can help. Well, with the service solution part, at least. It brings service and success together on one powerful platform for the first time ever. With an AI-powered help desk and an AI chatbot that handles frontline tickets fast. Plus, it comes with a customer success workspace that helps reps anticipate customer needs. And a full 360 view of every customer. So your go-to-market team can keep up on the pulse of accounts before trying to upsell or cross-sell. Also, you can scale support and drive retention and revenue. And you know what that means. Better service and happier customers at every stage of the journey. Visit HubSpot.com service to do more for your customers today. Hey, welcome to another episode of Marketing Against the Grain, your podcast for all things growth and entrepreneurship. I am always is your co-host, Kit Bodner. I am joined by my friend from Dublin, Ireland, Kieran Flanagan. What is up, Kieran? How you doing today? How you living? Living great. Sun is shining. Weather is good. Starbucks is opened. <laughs> Kieran and his Starbucks addiction, even though he doesn't drink caffeine. <laughs> Kieran, we got a fun show today. We're talking about careers today. We are going to help people optimize their careers, especially their marketing careers, and give them some advice. But before we get into that, Kieran, I have a question for you. Okay. It's going to be a controversial question. You ready? Let's go. Do you like The Office? Oh, wow. So uh, UK, yes. US would never watch it, have never watched it. <laughs> That's interesting. Well, from the US office, Jenna Fisher was an important actress on the US office. And she and Angela Kinsey have a podcast called The Office Ladies Pod. Mm. And they talk about all things related to The Office. And do you want to hear something interesting, Karen, that's going to make you a little surprised, a little excited? Yeah, let's do it. We got a shout out. Oh, no way. Yeah, the most <laughs> recent cool. episode on body language. We got HubSpot got mentioned, our marketing work and our marketing research. So how's that make you feel? We're hitting the mainstream. Look, I think that's awesome. I would love it if it was Ricky Gervais. <laughs> I knew this was coming. I knew it was coming. No offense, because I don't know the US office crew, but that is cool. Hey, thank you very much for the shout out. I appreciate it. Maybe I should go watch an episode. Yeah, thank you, Office Ladies Pod. We appreciate it. Okay, I want to make sure we get to the core topic of the day, which is careers. And so, Kieran, we have an awesome listener. His name's Jake McConnell, and he has a question for us. You ready for it? Yes. Here's his review. Kip and Kieran do an excellent job explaining all things marketing to everyone from founders and CMOs to boots on the ground marketers. Highly digestible content. Thanks, Jake. Pandering, as always, gets you everywhere. Okay, and part of Jake's review, he has a question for us, Kieran. He said, here's a recommendation for a future episode. Aside from demand generation and direct ROI data, how can smaller marketing teams positively affect change in their organizations that don't believe in spending money on marketing? I'm currently feeling like I can't move the needle with our corporate team. What do you think, Kieran? What should Jake do? I think there are a lot of people in his position. So I'll give you a mental model for career development. Oh, let's do this. So I think there's three eras of building your career. The first era is experience, which means you prioritize experience. You just want to prioritize, mm -hmm. how do I get the best experience for the thing that I want to become world-class at? And I will take whatever opportunity gives me that experience. 
The second era is title and money. Mm -hmm. Because you then want to apply that experience to actually get some sort of payoff. And you really obsess over what is my title? What is my financial reward? Mm -hmm. I think the third era is balance. Mm -hmm. You kind of learn the things that you want from life and work. And you try to balance that together in the job opportunities that you take. And I think they're the three that the people I know who are successful, I can see those three and how they've built their career. And coming back to Jake, it's like, what era are you in? And what do you want to prioritize the most? Because if you want to prioritize experience and really become an world-class at some sort of marketing function, it's very hard to do that in a company that is not supportive of marketing. Yes. And so you may actually not be in the right company. I think it's really yeah. hard to turn the tide. If the founder and CEO and exec team do not think marketing is valuable, you trying to convince them that marketing is valuable, I think it's very hard. Very hard. Yeah, it's super hard. I'm with you. It can be done incrementally, right? You can, you know, if you love this organization, you want to be a part of this organization, you can, you, you, normally you would propose experiments would be the most traditional and straightforward way to kind of, hey, let's do this small experiments. And if it works, then we'll get additional resources and budget to go and grow. So if you want to go down that route, that's great. We are going to interpret your question through the lens of career and career development today and say, oh, a lot of people who are in this situation, they actually need to put themselves in a different situation. And let me explain the reason for that. Kieran talked about stage one, which I think is especially somebody's early career stage, the first few jobs from university or what have you. And the reason it's important to work in organizations that believe and invest in marketing, it's not so that you can have better opportunities. It is because marketing is essentially a profession of information asymmetry, basically meaning like if you go to be a doctor, there is a lot of information that you can only get in medical school. It's the only place to get it. It's the only place to practice. And you can only actually be a doctor if a medical board approves your ability to be a doctor, right? Yep. Marketing is the exact opposite, is that all of the information is actually out there if you go to find it. And it's available for free. And there's no governing body that tells you when you can or cannot be a marketer. So the ability to be great at marketing is solely reliant on your ability to learn, gather, process, and apply information. That is it. That is the cap. So if you are ever unhappy with your marketing career, it is your own damn fault. Right. There's like literally nobody else to blame. You cannot blame some governing board like, oh, you know, I failed my boards three times, but they just I mean, they misinterpreted what I was doing. You know, no, there's none of that. It is oh, I can go and learn this information and get better at it than anyone else. And so if you are not where you want to be, then it's it is your fundamentally your fault. And so when you think about that early stage of your career, I think, Kieran, which is what we're talking about first, the best thing you can do is work with people that are smarter than you and are open to helping you apply that knowledge you're learning as much as humanly possible. And when you live in this world of access to information is how you add velocity to your career, then application of all of that information is the next most important thing. And if you work in an organization, maybe it sounds like you do, Jake, where it's really hard to apply that information, actually do that work, then you are artificially stunting your growth because of that. Yeah, I also think the really important thing about marketing, and it's why I loved it, because I, I am someone who's speaking about a career who's not very good at managing their career, because I used to be a software developer, was not very good at it, and went into marketing. What I love about marketing is, 
you can build a portfolio without having to even work at a company. Yes, yes, I love this. And so it's really, to your point, it's not just that you can consume all the knowledge and learn marketing, you can actually apply it without anyone having to give you the opportunity to apply it. Mm -hmm. Most of the best marketers I've met are actually doing something within their personal brand, they have side hustles, like they are always trying to apply their knowledge. Mm -hmm. A lot of the marketers I meet who really aren't into any of the marketing channels or things that they do for their business or clients, I think they're corporate marketers. Mm -hmm. I think they're like strategic project managers. And I just think the best marketers that I have met truly live and breathe the things that they have learned and apply them everywhere within their own life, not just within their own business. And that's why I've always loved it. It's because you can consume the knowledge and you can apply the knowledge and you can apply that knowledge within your own life and to make your own life much better. So Jake, it seems like you're probably in this stage of your career from talking with you a little bit and reading your Apple podcast review. I would recommend whether it be staying at this job and applying your marketing knowledge through other side projects and other things or switching a vocation to a different company to to go into a marketing organization that's more embracing of the work that you're trying to do. That is what we're trying to advise you on is you want to have an infrastructure for learning as fast as possible. And Kieran, you want my learning hack? Yes. Going to give everybody my learning hack. Have a photographic memory. <laughs> doesn't hurt to that's have like, that's that. Kips. That's, that's Kips. <laughs> turns out that's a good thing to have. But, you know, you still have to have the right inputs. And I, I will tell you out there, for most people who go and learn something, this is the path I think they follow. I think they follow the, I want to learn this thing. I'm going to read the most popular books on this topic. I'm going to find a few influencers, and I'm going to, you know, passively consume a bunch of information till I have an understanding of it. And I think that is stupid and fundamentally the wrong way to do it. What you should do is instead say, what is this thing I deeply want to learn? Who does the world think are the best people at this thing? And then I actually... I want to be aware of those people, but those are not the people I want to learn from. I want to learn from the people they learn from. Mm. And I want to spend as much time as I can figuring out the people who are behind the scenes, who are actually the people who are the smartest people in this field. And I want to get to them as quickly as possible. And I want to follow them and understand how they think about things, what they consume. I want to try to get time with them. I want to try to work with them, whatever that may be. And if you can do that, wow, you really get to the crux because you immediately move yourself to the forefront of, all right, now I have this baseline understanding and I'm following this group of people who are pioneering the path of this topic that I'm trying to learn. And that changes your perspective so dramatically. And then you're like, cool, I skipped over the boring stuff that everybody knows. And I go straight to the like really interesting, scarce information, because it's not that valuable to learn a lot of information that everybody else knows. It's way more valuable to learn some information that very few people know. And I think that is my advice to somebody who's working on their career. Right is figure out who are the people that really have that scarce information and how do you get as close to them as possible and work with them as much as humanly possible. The other one I would put out there is, and this may be a little bit more just how I work, is it's much easier just to learn things by talking to really smart people who have done it, right? And yes. so one, like one of the examples I'll give is when I was working to build the PLG motion for HubSpot, I wanted to immerse myself in PLG. It's like, oh, what's the best way to do this? I could go read, I can go to events, I could do all those kind of things. What I'll actually do is just start a podcast on PLG and talk yeah. to every founder who's building a PLG business, right? I did yeah. 180 episodes. 
I talked to incredible founders who are building PLG motions and they will literally just talk me through exactly how they were building PLG business. Of course. And the podcast, you know, did pretty well. But really the reason I started it was to actually just learn much, much quicker. The other thing for me, and again, it's why I love marketing. I think you can do this. I cannot learn something and keep that information in my brain unless I apply it, mm-hmm. right? I have to apply it or I just don't instill that information. It just, it will be replaced by all of the other information. <laughs> by pictures of dogs and coffee. Just all other things that I've consumed throughout the day, going to the beach and doing all these things. Oh, all that knowledge has been pushed out my brain. And so I always have to like try to think about what is the thing that I'm trying to get better in right now and make sure that I'm consuming that knowledge, but also applying that knowledge. Mm-hmm. Because if I, can't, if I don't apply it, it really just doesn't, it doesn't stick with me. And I see a lot of people who want to go and do Brian Balfour's Reforge courses and all these other yeah. things. And they come to me and ask, hey, should I do these things? So how are you going to apply this knowledge? The company that I'm at won't really let me do these things. Man, the biggest thing you can do is go find a company that will let you do those things first. Yes. Like number one, start with that. Number two, then learn and apply that knowledge within that company. Your career, especially in that one to seven year range, is directly correlated to your ability to apply knowledge and work with great leaders who can help you with great feedback loops around that application of knowledge. Oh, here's what you did well. Here's what you didn't do well. This is what we need to do differently. If you can do that, wow, you can excel in that stage of your career. The next stage of your career is an interesting one, Karen. It's in that I might start to be a marketing leader. You know, I might be starting to manage teams, run teams, and I'm starting to prep for hopefully eventually becoming like a chief marketing officer or something like that. What is your advice for folks who are maybe managing a team for the first time or within the first year or two of managing teams? How does that change their the trajectory of their marketing career? So first of all, I think what we do in all companies is take our best people and make them manage teams because everyone thinks that's the natural career path. And actually, it's sometimes be detrimental because now your best mm-hmm. people who could do all these amazing things are tied up with trying to deal with management issues and people issues. But I think most people, you know, if they want to take that career path, and most of us do because we want to get to certain points in our career, I think that's fine. The thing that's really important when you're a new manager and learning to be a new manager in the first 24 months is really feedback loops. Mm -hmm. You have all of these characteristics in the way that you work and the way that you work with others and just things that you don't think about. Guy, this is the way I do this. This is the way I, you know, do these things. This is the way I speak to people. And when you're an individual contributor, for the most part, that's fine. It doesn't really matter when you're a team, if you have characteristics that are not healthy for that team, that team do not gravitate towards, Mm -hmm. the sooner you can know about them and correct them, the better. So let me give you a practical example. When I was learning to be a manager, one of the pieces of feedback I got from the team was, hey, Kieran's really robotic. Kieran really just cares about, (laughs) he sees me as this walk-in report where I come into the room and I report my status on my project. Is it doing well? Is it not doing well? And then I walk back out and then I'm like forgotten to him. I'm a distant (laughs) memory. It's just, am I being successful or not? And that's true because as a new manager or as a person who's starting to lead a team for the first time, you are just under a a lot of pressure to succeed, right? Mm -hmm. And for you to succeed, it's very different now. It's not just, oh, I can succeed by myself. I need my team to succeed. And so you start to gravitate towards just treating everyone as, hey, are you being successful or not? And what you actually want to know is get to know the person a little bit better, get to know what's going on in their lives a little bit more. I think there's a really good quote where you start to meet them with like, how are you versus how is your thing doing? Mm-hmm. And there's just those little nuances you won't pick up unless you have really great feedback loops to get that information. 
I love that. And I think if you're out there and you're thinking about your career, I think there's a very simple like framework to, to use to think about it here. And your career is, it builds on itself. The first stage of your career is you're a student and you're learning and you're always a student. I don't know, Karen, you and I are learning stuff every single day. Mm, always. That being that student never goes away, right? But you got to figure out how to be a great student before you can get anywhere else. And so once you figure out a great student, what you're really talking about, Kieran, is like, how do you become a good teacher? Once you've learned a lot, then it's great. How do I take this, these things that I've learned and teach them to other people and help other people be successful and get real value and scale from the things that I do? And wow, that, is, that turns out a very different skill and a very hard skill to go from being a student to being a teacher. Right. And the middle part of your marketing career journey is how great you can teach. And that's why I think if you have that creator gene and you can create content, whether it be podcast, TikTok, YouTube, what have you, that actually helps you teach. Right. Like the processing of information, writing of information, communicating of information helps you become a teacher. And I think that's really important. And then. As you go through that teaching stage and you come to be a senior marketing leader, whether you're a VP of marketing, whether you're a chief marketing officer, what have you, the core difference there is a couple of things. You then become a strategist slash general manager, right? And Kieran, there's an interesting story in sports recently that I think is really analog to this topic that I would share. And Steve Kerr, who's the coach of the Golden State Warriors in the United States and the NBA, one of the most successful coaches in basketball, he was reflecting on the past few years and he was saying, you know, he was really heartbroken a few years ago when they had to do a trade that forced them to have to cut Andre Iguodala, which is a veteran on the team, really core contributor to the team. And he goes, that's why you can't be a coach and a general manager at the same time. I was too emotionally close to it. It was the right thing for the team, the organization to make that change. But if it was up to me, I was too close to the person and I wouldn't have made that change, right? And when you are a teacher, you're essentially a coach. When you're a manager, a director, you are in the weeds coaching and helping marketers get better at the work they do. When you're a VP of marketing, when you're a CMO, you're a general manager. Your job is to say, where do we need to spend our time and effort what does success look like? And do I have the right money, the right people, the right skills to get that job done? Mm. And that's actually very hard. That's a very hard switch to then go from student to coach to general manager in terms of, oh, I have to make decisions that are inherently really hard and could be very emotional decisions in an unemotional way. And like, that's the last building block of this career. And you've had to do that a lot. And so I would wonder, Kieran, for folks listening who are like, you know, maybe they've been managing teams, they've been successful and they're, you know, contemplating or maybe they have a job offer to go run marketing at, a, at an awesome startup or whatever, but haven't done it yet. What would you, advice would you give them on that kind of last phase of going from a coach to a general manager? I think if, if you want to do that, I would obsess over who you are working with and the founder or CEO. Yes. Because your success is primarily going to be built on the relationships you have with those people. The second part is, and I'm curious to get your thoughts on this because of your position, Wade Foster, CEO and co-founder of Zapier, I talked to him once about leadership. He always had this quote, it's one of the best descriptions of what it's like to be a CEO, but just about leadership in general, where he said, oh, like the crazy thing about being a CEO is you hire all of these incredibly smart people. Mm -hmm. Incredibly smart, all the different functional areas in terms of what they do. 
And so what happens when you're a CEO is you get left with the problems that they can't solve or cannot <laughs> yes, decide upon. Yes, so you get yes. left with only the most complex, crazy, difficult <laughs> problems. And it's not too dissimilar. Like when you're building that, that marketing team, you hire the people that I've hired are far better at all the different things that they do than me, right? And so you end up with the problems that they have not got a solution for or cannot decide upon. And so to your point in general manager, sometimes you just have to make a decision with the information you have and with some of your gut instincts, some of the things you truly believe. And it's that part that I think is going to shock people, but where you're having to make really hard decisions mm -hmm. and you are not in a position to say whether they are right or wrong, but they have huge impact on the overall health of the business. And that's why it comes back to who are the people you are making those decisions with? Mm -hmm. Your founder, your CEO, the other C-suite, and how supportive are they going to be of you as you know that, that marketing leader? I'd love that. And you know, I think what I would add there is when you are that kind of senior marketing leader, you have to be very principled in your decision making. You have to say, what are we trying to achieve? What are my constraints for growth and success? And based on everything I know, what is the best decision to make here? And understanding just to your point, it's like all the easy and perfect decisions have been made a long time ago. You know, like and, and anything that was obvious is done. And you're now being asked to do the hard, painful and non-obvious things. And the only way you can navigate those through those is through, with a really principled perspective on, OK, this is what the next stage of this team needs to look like and what it needs to accomplish. And based on that, this is what we're going to fundamentally go and do and focus on. But man, that is hard. It's lonely, right? The every step of this journey in this marketing career gets lonelier as you go through it, right? And I think that's an important thing because you need to have a network of peers outside of your organization that you're in at the time to, you know, bounce things off of, to get some feedback, to be a little less lonely. Or, you know, you could be Kieran and I and just start a podcast and talk to everybody and do your therapy <laughs> in public. And that, work, that works too, you know, like that's cool. <laughs> but that's fundamentally what you have to do, I think. Yeah, and I think what you learn is the most important part of strategy is the things that you don't focus on, right? If strategy mm -hmm. is a simplistic doc of the things that you want to focus on, actually the most important part of that is the things you don't focus on because you're making really tough choices on, no, these are not the things that we're going to focus on as a team. These are not the areas that we are going to explicitly allocate resources to. I think the thing that you are truly world-class at is also taking complex things and distilling them into something simplistic. So mm -hmm. the overall marketing strategy for HubSpot, even though it's hundreds and hundreds of people, can be put into a two-page document. And it's very easy for anyone from the most junior marketer to the most senior marketer to understand. That is a skill that is very hard to learn, but I think it is a skill that is make or break for you to actually be a marketing leader, to be able to take something complex, distill it into a narrative, be able to provide that narrative so not just the board, the C-suite can understand that, but everyone on the marketing team can understand that and they can get the why those things are important and they can get the why of the things that we're not focusing on. It's a super hard skill to learn. And, you know, we think about it, you know, I worked for J.D. Sherman, who was our CEO at HubSpot for a long time. His saying on this that I loved is that it's a leader's job to absorb confusion and pass through clarity. That is any leader's job, and it's especially true in marketing. Yes, I love that. The thing I would add to it, Karen, the one thing we haven't talked about that I want to help people understand that I think once you start being a manager and above really becomes important is that one of the things that is unique about the profession of marketing, I personally believe in, is all of the context switching right? Like it is this very diverse set of things. Like you can go talk about 
brand studies, experiential events, to APIs, to acquisition strategies, to automation playbooks. It's like, it's very different types of skills, very broad types of information. And if you want to be a great leader over time, you have to get really good at one, learning enough of those things that you can be valuable and helpful to people. And two, getting your brain to switch back across them really quickly throughout a day. Because right. you might deal with all of those things within like a six-hour period of time. And there's a lot of people I think have a hard time switching that context and practicing that context switching is going to help you be a better leader and more effective in your career. Right. It's because marketing is usually the least understood function. Yes. Most founders come from a product or a sales background. Marketing is always the least understood. So you can someone can come in from sales and talk about the reason sales isn't isn't working. Someone can come in from product and talk about the product roadmap. Mm -hmm. And for the most part, founders will understand those things. But when you come in and start saying, well, you know, the these changes have happened on Google and these changes are happening on Facebook and trying to explain the narrative, what isn't isn't working in the marketing. I just think it's much, much harder for founders to try to understand that information. And I think that's why you have to become a really great storyteller and a really great narrative spinner on how to get people to understand the mission of marketing, the strategy of marketing, and the focus of marketing. I love that, Karen. I think that's I think that's a great note. And so when we think about the advice we're giving to everybody today, going back to Jake and his, and his question, again, if you want us to answer your question on a future episode, leave us a review, leave us a question on Apple Podcasts. But, you know, our recommendation for Jake is, yes, there's some experiments that you can do to get additional funding. But if you are in that experience and application of knowledge stage of your career, you might want to think about switching jobs, candidly. And we've broken down the three kind of core stages of your career. Being a student, then you become a coach and a teacher, and then you become a, a core general manager and understand the overall strategy and the hard problems that nobody else has solved. And we outlined the core skills and hacks to approach those three stages to hopefully spend a little less time in each of those and help you accelerate your career. Kieran, do you think we missed anything? Any parting words of career advice to everybody listening before we, we get out of here today? Care about the company you work for, care about the product or service they have, the quality of that, care about the people you work with, and care about the work that you're gonna get to do. I think if you like obsess over those things, you will be in a pretty great place. And, you know, make sure that your work culture works for you, whether that's office, remote, somewhere in between, on a yacht, in Miami, <laughs> no taxes, all of these good things. <laughs> oh, no taxes would be nice, wouldn't it? But in all seriousness, that is, the, I think that's amazing advice. And it's the, great, the right note to end on is you have to be in the right situation to do your best work. And when you do your best work, that's how you're going to increase velocity in your career. So again... Leave us a review on Apple Podcast. We would deeply appreciate it. Five stars, always appreciated. We thank you so much for listening. Hopefully we gave you some information today that's going to help you grow and scale your career. And until next time, this has been Marketing Against the Grain. We'll see everyone very soon. <laughs> <laughs>